So, um, yeah, we've just had a little bit of a talk and, um, you know, got to know each other. But um, to start off this podcast, uh, my name's Sebastian Grayson. I'm 23 years old. Um, I love to talk about male self-improvement. I love to talk about uh, dating dynamics between men and women and also really um, just politics. I talk about a lot of stuff, uh, but today's topic, we're going to be talking about marriage, um, whether it's beneficial for men. And also mm. what the red pill is and, you know, things that we might disagree with it and things that we, we definitely agree with it. Um, so, yeah, um, Garrett, would you like to introduce yourself so that people know? Absolutely. So my name is Garrett Wolf. I've, I'm 21 years old. I've been an online marketer slash fitness coach for the past three years of my life. Um, we're going to be talking about all those topics, like Sebastian just said, and being an online fitness coach, I think the first step you need to take to becoming a higher value, not only man, but also woman, just a higher value person in general is bodily self-improvement because obviously there's been an obesity epidemic for years and years and years. It's only getting worse. And we're going to be talking about societal concepts and things like uh, Daniel was just mentioning that society is getting a little bit softer. And along with that comes a little bit of declining testosterone, as we can all see. And obviously, one of the main things to increase your testosterone is going to the gym and just increasing your bodily movement and muscle mass. So that's why the, the online fitness coach thing correlates so much with red pill topics and just high status masculinity in general. So that's who I am. That's what I do. And uh, I'm excited to talk about this stuff. So let's get into it. Yeah, wicked. Nice. Uh, yeah, so my name is Daniel Ellen. Um, I've got a background of personal training and a bit of uh, men's physique, uh, which really ties in with the mindset that I like to talk about on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, and yeah, today we're going to dive deep into, you know, the red pill, the concept of the red pill, um, you know, how to distinguish between these things, you know, things like, of course, like you said, politics. I think that's another great topic I'd like to get into as well. And yeah, just really... Uh, you know, share our opinions and ideas and see how we can all like gain new perspectives on this and, uh, you know, provide some awesome insight for those, especially the, uh, you know, the new generation where we're really uh, locked into technology and it's really taking us away from our masculine nature, you know. So, yeah, I'm very excited to be here and looking forward to this uh, awesome uh, podcast. Oh, thanks for introducing yourselves. Um, just before we begin as well, um, I'd like to say I'm from the UK. Garrett, I believe you're from America and uh, yeah. Daniel, you're from Australia. So it's taken a lot of dedication for us all to get together. Um, we did uh, actually plan to do this yesterday in a few days and I messed up the timing <laughs> because, yeah, it's, it's tricky getting different people from across the world to come together. But um, uh, yeah, so I'm just going to run through the things that we're going to talk about today. Um, so we've just introduced ourselves. I wanted to ask you guys, what are your goals for YouTube and content creation? And uh, what brought you to want to talk about the things you talk about? And also, um, what is the red pill? Then we're going to talk about uh, the aspects that you disagree with, the positives and the negatives. Then we're going to talk about opinions on marriage and uh, what it means to have a successful marriage or relationship. Then afterwards, we're going to talk about are men and women the same? Then we're going to explore the differences between male and female dating strategies and how they di differ. And then lastly, we're going to have final thoughts and just tie everything together. And uh, basically just any final thoughts on, on overall, like, 
your opinions on everything we've said and just come together and, and just have, tie it all together. So to begin with, um, yeah, guys, what are your goals for YouTube and content creation? What are you hoping to achieve? So let's start with uh, Garrett. Sure. So um, I've kind of been on a YouTube journey for a long time. It's been on and off. I started when I was about 16 years old. Like I said, I'm 21 now. Um, so I like to have with my goals, I like to have kind of a shoot for the moon goal, right? And then kind of micro goals like action steps in order to get there. So my micro goal, man, is shooting for the moon. I'm trying to get, I mean, if I had to put a, a number on it, really shoot for the moon, obviously I want to go for a million subscribers. Um, I, I want to be like just a, a content creator that kind of influence people on an emotional level. Uh, I want to build up an audience that's kind of going hand in hand with uh, Instagram and TikTok as well. So I'm all over all social media platforms, just kind of trying to speak my voice and speak my mind because um, generally, if you don't exist on the internet, you don't really exist at all today. That's kind of what I believe. Um, there's not really any more of like strictly in-person, only in-person business. And if you are, it's going to be a lot harder unnecessarily than it would be if you were on the internet. Um, so me being an online fitness coach, obviously my main goals are just to attract more clients, spread my message, spread my knowledge with everyone who is open to listen. But like I said, I break it down into micro goals, kind of little action steps and guys, step one right now for me, is just getting monetized, right? We're trying to reach the 4,000 watch hours, um, and the a thousand subscribers. So that's kind of where I'm going right now. And, uh, my strategy for that is just posting a shit ton of shorts every day, like three or four shorts every single day. And then I try to do at least one to two long form pieces of content every single day. One of them is a podcast. The other one, the other one's usually like a YouTube blog or like a fitness, uh, kind of workout type of thing. So those are my micro and my macro goals. Um, and I'm excited. I love YouTube. YouTube's mad fun. Mm. that's uh that's brilliant man um yeah so for me very similar uh it's just to push as much content through the youtube and the tiktok my greater focus is on the tiktok now with the momentum i've got on there um and essentially like you said you know spread your message um create an impact and you know uh monetize through whether it be courses online uh books you know one-on-one -on -one services things of that nature and for me, it's just, uh, you know, reaching as much people to, to spread that awareness through that message. So like right now I'm doing two to three YouTube videos, TikToks, you know, on the daily and then the occasional uh, podcast. But um, yeah, like you said, you know, it's just getting that freedom to, to, to work as you, where you want, how you want and, you know, and not be fucking cancelled in society where, where you can, uh, you know, speak fucking freely because I think right now we're on the verge of losing that but we're back on the rise where we can speak very openly about whatever the fuck we want, however we see the world, you know, and, and, um, you know, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my goal at the, the moment, man. It's, it sounds good. Um, I'd say for me personally, um, the whole reason I wanted to start YouTube was sort of uh, a second source of income. I thought mm. I want to be in control of my own um, financial sort of, uh, like I hate going to work and being told what to do when I know I could do so much better. It, it's sort of, it's soul destroying yeah. to go and work yeah. a nine to five and you're not appreciated. Your employers, uh, the disrespect from your employers. Sometimes I thought, you know, well, YouTube is an answer or one, one answer mm -hmm. to change that. But then mm -hmm. as I started to watch more YouTube and I started to come across content creators who focused on dating 
um, male self-improvements and like red pill topics, it sort of changed my life. It completely changed the way I look at the world, how I look at men, how I look at women. And mm. I, my goal right now, yes, money is a big motivator, but mm. my goal is like, how many guys can I change by like educating them on how women behave, educating mm. them on how they behave and their natural instincts and who they are as a person. And I think the, the red pill, it can be dangerous because it can send you into a deep depression, but at the same time, it can change your life for the better that no amount of book reading or no amount of education can afford you. Um, and that's my goal. How many people can I influence and how many lives can I change? And really that's, that's my goal with YouTube. I can't really say anything more. Yeah. Um, so right. yeah. I liked, I like that a lot. If I could jump in real quick, I really yeah, like sure. that because for, for me, the red pill, um, the red pill concepts for me, it just really brings back my confidence because I was uh, struggling with confidence for a long time when in my younger ages, um, when I was trying to get women, couldn't really get women, couldn't figure out how to get women. And um, it was, I generally really think it was because I was just listening to women too much on how to get women. And there's so much representation for the feminist culture and women culture and there's basically almost zero representation for men up until like we were just kind of talking about the revolution that started with Andrew Tate. That's basically where everything kind of came into commission and all, all men started hearing what he was saying, especially the younger generation on TikTok. And it's just blatantly obvious how underrepresented we are as a, as men, as like a, as a gender because of the response that he got. I mean, he went viral over and over and over again so quickly every single time across thousands of different TikTok accounts. And it just goes to show the underrepresentation that men have as a gender, because when someone comes along and says these kinds of things that he's saying that seem outlandish to a lot of people, like generally women, right? Outlandish to a lot of women, but men are like, fuck, like this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I have or heard it articulated in this manner before and so that just brought back a lot of confidence for me I was like you don't have to prescribe yourself to a feminine mindset or you don't have to listen to these kinds of feminist movement mindsets because honestly that's not generally going to help a man in his life digesting a feminine mindset it's better to digest a masculine mindset and I think the feminist movement kind of shuts down a lot of representation of masculine energies. So I, I generally, I like that you're trying to reach a wider audience and reach more people because it's definitely a message that's underrepresented and really, really needs to be uh, more represented. I'd love yeah, to jump so in, but I want to give Gar uh, Daniel a voice. Yeah. yeah, no. So you made a good point about this going into the rabbit hole of, uh, you know, realizing a lot more of who you actually are at the core versus how society expects men to be or how we were conditioned, you know, through fairy tales and movies and, you know, through these traditions and the way women expect men versus how we are by nature. And, you know, the deeper you go, you realize more and more and just how much you've got to reprogram that mindset because, you know, a lot of us, especially like young boys, like we've been taught, like you gotta, you gotta do this and that, and, you know, put them on a pedestal and, you know, you, you've got to admire them to the core, like they're a fucking goddess. And of course, yes, women can be goddesses as well. And not to say that, uh, not to take away the credit from who they are, but at the same time, 
you know, I think it's so amazing what you're doing to, to really ground yourself in this uh, in this world where there is a lot of confusion. There is a lot of um, guys out there who just don't understand what they're doing wrong and how to, to really fix that and how to get back to the, their own life and feel secure in who they are versus what society expects them to be. I'd like to, to jump in if I can. Um, I think it's very difficult in 2022 given how modern we are and how advanced we are for, for men to have a space, uh, a safe space. It used to be that men could talk the truth in like locker rooms or at work or on a football pitch. But even now you can't say things without getting canceled or getting fired from your job or getting harassed by the social media. And uh, it's not like men are just saying horrible things to bash women or horrible sexist things it's just sometimes a laugh and a joke here and there now nowadays you can't even compliment a woman and and say that she looks pretty or call a woman like a chick without getting called into hr and and fearing for your job and i think um the red pill what it does is it creates a safe space for men to feel and think and say how they truly feel without being you know cursed at um but even then like it's a very delicate situation um, because even with me speaking right now about these things, I know people at my workplace might see what I say and it might lead in me um, having issues with my colleagues. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like. Yeah. No, you, you, yeah. Yeah, you I jump in. Yeah, you, I, I understand, man. Totally. Like there was there was an example. What's his name? I don't know if you guys heard of Alpha Male Strategy. Yeah. Alpha male. Yeah. So he's, he's probably one of the first guys to really speak about the red pill on women. And, you know, and he had the same thing as well. Like, fuck, like he's working personal training full time and he has all these concepts he wants to share, but he knows that it will get him sacked ASAP. And I'm the same as well. Like I've got to create an OnlyFans because I need to keep this shit exclusive without fucking poking too many holes at everybody because the way society is right now, it's just, we've gone just too soft. Like we can't share a thought or we can without actually fucking feeling like we're being insensitive when really we're just sharing our perspective and you know what it is that, you know, like just our own perspective. And it's dangerous because eventually like where the fuck, where, where's the freedom in like uh, the, what we want to say at, at all? Do we have to like keep things so secret all the time or can we actually have an open discussion where, you know, we, we aren't always feeling so uh, attacked, you know, so. Yeah. So um, next topic, uh, if we can move on, um, I would like for both of you and, and myself, I'll, I'll, I'll give my uh, opinion. What is the red pill so that people who don't understand and men who have never watched this before or even women who want to be, you know, gain a bit more information? What exactly is the red pill? Because we talk about this, but everyone has their own opinion. So um, I'll start first and then we'll go to Daniel, then to Garrett uh, last. I think that the red pill is, well, it's, uh, it's an analogy from the matrix. It's an example from the matrix whereby you can take two pills. You've got the red pill whereby you go down the rabbit hole and you're exposed to the truth. Or you take the blue pill whereby you, ex you are ignorant to the truth and you want to continue living in a fantasy that isn't real, but it, you're comfortable in that fantasy. That's my interpretation of it. 
And I think that the red pill is not just about dating. It talks about politics, talks about the economy, um, obviously men and women and human nature. So the red pill is basically a universe of the truth. And sometimes mm. the truth can be frightening, but it's better mm. to know the truth than to stay ignorant to it. Uh, that's just my opinion. Maybe I've got it wrong. Um, so Daniel, what, what's your opinion on what the red pill is? Hey, nail on the head. I have the very same perspective. Like it, uh, you know, metaphorically, it is inspired by, you know, uh, the matrix where he takes a red pill and starts to see reality from a whole new perspective where he had this veil for a long time. And, you know, it is a conscious choice, especially when you are presented with information and, you know, the truth um and you decide on the daily whether you want to continue taking the red pill or you want to stay in a life of ignorance so i think you hit the you've hit the nail on the head with that one yeah no that, that's incredibly interesting that both you guys agree on that because i kind of had a, a different interpretation of the red pill but i think you guys are if there was like a generally correct answer i think you guys would have nailed it on the head but what i kind of understood it as was the, like the blue pill was kind of the feminist movement and the red pill was kind of the men's rights movement. Um, and so if you decide to take the red pill, you finally decide to open your mind to both sides of the equation rather than focus on focusing on just the side that's represented. Um, and that, that, that's kind of was my understanding. And I did, I got that understanding generally from the red pill documentary on Netflix um, where they kind of interview the the men's rights activists and they kind of show them talking to the the feminist rights activists and it's just kind of crazy how the feminists know all about the feminine problems but they are so ignorant to the masculine problems um, and I think that's just so interesting that they're kind of blinded by their own uh, their own fight that they can't see that there's a bigger fight going on type of thing. Completely agree. <laughs> um... But yes. I, I, I just wanted to say, I think everyone has their own little take of, on what they think red pill is. But I, I think I, I can only speak about my understanding and what I think it is. Um, and, and next, I just wanted to ask you guys, you know, what things do you agree with about the red pill? And are there any things that you disagree with at all? And I, we'll start with um, we'll start with Daniel and then finish with Garrett. Yeah, so there are things like I think the thing is I can understand a lot of where the concepts come from, why we've uh, developed this rise of this masculine um, movement and, you know, reframing the world instead of being so soft. Uh, there are a lot of things that I do agree with. I would say like 90 to 95%. And then there are certain things that I think to a degree can be unhealthy and, and toxic and just really, uh, of course, I want to say bias but again at the end of the day everyone's speaking their truth so it's not to deny where they're coming from you know and why it is the way it is but yeah i think 90 95 of the things that most things i can agree on and i think if i do have a problem with it i know there's something in my mind that i've been conditioned to view in a certain way so i have to revisit where i picked up that belief and start to break down those um, ideas and see okay well I understand where this is coming from and how you know it's developed that person's character and nature maybe I can take a learn a little bit from that and then integrate that into my own um, character or being so that's that's what I think on that yeah no I, I like that I like that um, I can't generally think of one specific thing that I might disagree with but one thing that I can say 
where it becomes an issue is when you become dogmatic and unwilling to look at the other side and you kind of mm. prescribe yourself with I'm red pill, you're blue pill, because that's mm. exactly what happened with the feminist movement, right? It started off as something beautiful, right? Men and women are supposed to be treated equally on all forms, on all playing fields, in the law, in representation and everything. That's a beautiful movement. That's absolutely great. But the problem that came about was then feminists started saying, I'm a feminist. And, and that in turn made them kind of group themselves into a certain group of people. It's like, I'm a feminist. And if you're not, then I don't agree with you. And whenever you group yourself into these boxes, you're just separating yourself even more. So the, the problem with the red pill can be the same problem as the feminist movement. It can be you're too dogmatic about your beliefs. You're unwilling to open your ears to other people and other opinions, because though the red pill concepts may make sense to us as men, right? We have to understand that the movement is kind of for us. It's not really for mm. women. And the feminist movement is for females, right? So maybe we yeah. don't understand some of their problems they don't understand some of our problems so we need to be open to have these discussions and just kind of talk through it and just come to a general agreement and i think that's one of the biggest problems is people aren't willing to do that anymore and that's where you run into all this hatred and just toxic stuff toxic masculinity right and all this stuff yeah um i think the aspects that i agree with with uh, the red pill is that um it can really change your life for the better um, when you understand more about yourself. Like I've, I've understood so much more about myself in terms of what I want. Like as a guy, if you're very sexually active and you want to have sex with many women, you're not a horrible guy. It's just part of who you are as a man. But the world mm. will tell you that you're a horrible person. The world will tell you that um, if, you, if, you, if you think that men and women are different than you're a horrible person you're a sexist if you think as a guy you should be in a leader, leadership position as a leader in a household or a family you're a horrible or you're a controlling person if you don't want your girlfriend going out wearing nothing but a bikini um at a nightclub in front of loads of men or posting her ass on instagram you're a horrible person but i've understood as a guy men are naturally um naturally i would say territorial now it doesn't mean that you should ever be controlling over women i don't believe in that i believe you know as a woman you're a, a human being you're an adult you're a person you should never tell a woman what she can and can't do but i mm. think men have natural instincts natural desires but the world will call you a bad person it's almost as like men are bad women are good men are dogs women are angels and what the red pill has done is it's allowed me to accept who I am and not feel shame. And uh, the bad aspects about it, I would say it can create a lot of men to feel bitter, a lot of resentment. Mm. Um, I think a lot of men can go too far and almost look at women as objects. And I think we should live in a world where we can have love for one another. Like men can love women for who they are and understand women and hopefully women can love men for who we are and and to understand men and that's what the red pill can do it can bring people together but you have to do that through understanding the truth we can't keep lying to each other and the, the world and what social media has done is it's advocated lies men must lie to women to get what we want and women lie to us to make us feel better and that's wrong 
uh, the red pill for me is truth. That's, uh, but you know, as I said, there are some bad aspects to it. If you, if you misinterpret it, um, let me just get my notes up. Um, the next question is, and I wanted to start with Garrett and end with Daniel. What are your um, opinions on, on marriage? And do you think that marriage benefits men and or women? Oh, man. Okay, yeah. Crazy controversial. And I'll just preface my opinion with I am 21 years old. And so I <laughs> I am far from marriage, right? And I, I am not solidified in any of my beliefs whatsoever. That being said, I do think that marriage is the feminine agenda. I don't think there are any direct benefits for a man, unless you count like emotional direct benefits, like if you want her to be solidified within the law as yours or whatever um i've never heard a man say that um i've only heard women say that and it's obvious why women want to get married because there's so many laws that help them with that um and as far as the financial aspect um it seems to me that men get fucked over a lot of the time and um me personally my, my parents were divorced um, when I was 14 years old and I got to witness um, just because they were married for 20 some years, I get to now witness my dad having to pay my mom um, six figures or more every single year until he is 65 years old in his retirement. Oh, yeah. I, j yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that was just because they were married for 20 some years and I don't like, I'm not trying to be hateful or anything. I love both my parents. I love my mom. I love my dad, but, but my mom now gets to live for free because she was married and she never has to work again. She can take the money from my dad and invest it, make all the money back or, or make, so, excuse me, more money back, right? Eight to 10% within the stock market. She never has to work again, all because she was married. And I've never seen something similar happen for a man, I'm sure that would be a great reason to get married if that was possible, if I could live for the next 25 years and get six figures a year from my wife, just because I married her for 20 some years, then there would be a reason for me to get married. But as far as I'm concerned, it is the feminine agenda. I don't exactly plan on getting married unless I meet someone that casts an incredible spell on me, steals my heart, whatever. And um, until that day comes, I just, I don't see the reason. But every time I bring that up to a girl, they're like, they go crazy, right? They're like, oh, I've always wanted to get married. I want Prince Charming, walk me down the aisle. It's like the big day, right? So, but it's obvious to me why they want that because obviously there are things, there are benefits to women and not to mention as they're growing up, they watch all these Disney flicks, right? Like Prince Charming and Cinderella and Tangled and the prince is supposed to kind of be dedicated to her for the rest of his life and i guess marriage might be a good way for them to solidify that in their minds so that's my general take on it what about you daniel what do you think yeah so i agree with a lot of things you said and you know similar story i've had like my mom go through a number of marriages and i've never seen it be so successful but i mean it's a fairly new concept this idea of marriage it's only been around maybe the last few hundred years the way we tied in with the government as well. You're not just marrying your partner, you're marrying the government as well, you're getting them involved with all these things, you know, all these paper documents. And I, I think it's a beautiful concept, you know, for people to share the union with one another, you know, and celebrate with a, cer with a ceremony with a family and friend and say, hey, look, we're, we're gonna devote each other for the rest of our life. I think that's incredible, but I don't think you really need a ring or a piece of paper 
to document this journey that's very personal with you and your partner, you know? So, I mean, yeah, like you said, there are more benefits to women in this situation. Uh, you know, maybe I will do it down the line if I decided to settle and wanted to have a little party with my friends. But at the end of the day, like it's, I just don't see many benefits to it. It's fairly new. It's, it was designed to, you know, for people to share the resources, right? So my family, let's say have an abundance of wealth and your family has this beautiful wealth. We can share more resources and then conquer the world, you know, just as the Romans did and, you know, fucking keep pushing on with our DNA with all these things that we have. So, yeah, I mean, now, like you said, no, statistically nowadays, it's of course, like not many people have very successful marriages and a lot of people diving into it too quickly because of, like you said, the fairy tales with Disney and, you know, all these movies that sell the story of a happy ending and not realizing that you are going into it with, you know, uh, a lot of things that's going to expose a lot of who you are, the shadows that come with it. And you have to be very prepared to, dis to to be okay with committing to this person for a very long time. And I think the other thing as well is there is so much pressure with what staying in a relationship because everyone has this idea, you know, you marry a person, you got to be with them for the rest of your life. And, you know, quite frankly, a lot of people are still scared to get out of those marriages because that's what they've been sold. Right. And so we've, we've conditioned people to think that, all right, if I'm with this partner, that's what it's got to be. And, you know, a lot of people are still unhappy and they, they're afraid, you know, if they leave their partner, they're going to lose their kids, they're going to lose their house and all these things. But fuck, you know, thankfully now we can talk about it and say, hey, listen, you know what? You don't actually have to get married. So you can still be with that person, have these kids and not risk so much of your own wealth, your own resources or whatever it is, you know, your own time, your own fucking energy and, you know, come out and part ways uh, without having all those things that happen um, as well. So, yeah, I 100% agree with you. Um, I couldn't say anything better, uh, but I think... Um... I think marriage is a very old patriarchal concept, which is very traditional and heavily mm. uh, religious. Um, mm. So, f well, first of all, the world is less re religious than it was a hundred years ago or even 200 years ago. Um, or those who are religious are practicing it less. Um, and so we can, we can remove the religious aspect because most people are not, as religious as it used to be. Uh, but I would say one reason you could get married is if you were, um, you did believe in faith and, and it was part of your culture, that would make sense. But most people don't live like that, especially not in the West. And so I find it harder and harder to make an excuse to get married. Um, hmm. It used to be in the past that, you know, it was very traditional. The man would be a provider. The man would go to work, uh, protect and provide for his family and his wife. And in return, the wife would have his children, take his last name. Uh, and essentially, the woman would be, you know, have feminine roles, cook, clean, uh, provide for the children. And the man would go out and do what he needs to do. But that dynamic is far from what it is today. And so where you have women who potentially earn more than men, you eliminate the provisioning necessity. Because a woman does not necessarily need a man for provision or, or protection. We have the police. A woman doesn't need a man for his finances. She might want it um, naturally or instinctively, but she does not need a guy for money because she can easily get a job uh, earning more than him. So then 
what uh, what has essentially happened is the foundations of marriage and the foundations of um, a religious binding contract is just sort of crippling and crumbling. It's an old principle that has near to no relevance today. So why is it that women still want marriage? As Garrett uh, touched on, I mm. think it's the laws. If a woman decides to leave, she knows she has a safe space, space to do so. So she has all the benefits and very little risk because the likelihood that she keeps the children is very high. The likelihood that she will take half your assets is pretty high, given that most women want to marry a man who earns more than her. The likelihood that there will be any repercussions, like we have no fault divorce. So basically what this means is if you're a guy and you come home one day and your wife is having sex with your best friend, she can 100% look you in the face and say, get out. I, I want to finish. And then I'm going to divorce you afterwards. There's no as a guy, there's nothing you can do about that because it's no fault divorce. So your woman can 100% after five years or 10 years turn around and divorce you um, in countries or states where there's no fault divorce and it's all over. There's nothing you can do about it. You and you still have to pay her and she still gets to keep the kids. So I'm trying to think to myself, well, how do men actually benefit from marriage? Besides this warm, fuzzy feeling inside of them that tells them it's a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. Good question. I think there's a few reasons and it's, uh, well, one, let's, let's go back to why, how we use, we use the, the wedding ring as a symbol, as a man's wage. So traditionally it was three quarters of a man's wage was a symbolized that he can provide for his woman. Right. And secondly, I think nowadays it is more so for the women. We both, we all understand that. I think it's more of a, just a show just to celebrate like, Hey, look, look at me. Like you can see it. Like most of the time men will do it for the women just to don't get me wrong to keep her mouth shut. Like, Oh yeah. Like it's just to make her happy. Like there is very little benefit for the man in the situation. Yes. She might get this sense of security. She might have a peace of mind. Like, Oh, cool. If he marries me, he loves me. Great. Like, you know, but I know, I think low key, a lot of the time that, that men do it, they know like, I am not a man of monogamy. Like I'm not a man who's designed to be with this one partner for the rest of life. But if I give her this ring, you know what? She'll still buy into the idea that, you know what? We're going to be together for the rest of our life. So I think for the men who do do it, it's more of a, just to keep her, like give her peace of mind. Like, okay, like this is his sign of commitment, you know? Um, but yeah, that's just my opinion on it. 100% agree. Yeah. I, I think, I think also not all men think like us, right? So mm. some men actually do want to, some men do think that they can be with one woman for the rest of their life. And um, mm. I think that's kind of, kind of, I think that's kind of crazy, but I guess some men can pull it off. But I also wanted to ask you to a question real quick. So as like, as gender roles kind of become more malleable, and as we said, some wives are making more money than their husbands. How come we haven't seen a mass movement of wives buying the wedding ring and proposing then if they don't if they don't care about gender roles anymore? Mm. I have a few. I have a bit of a take on this. <laughs> um, yeah, go. Well, firstly, it's ego. I don't think any woman would feel comfortable getting on one knee and proposing to a man when she can go on Instagram and there are probably 50 men in her inbox. It's like, well why why am i doing this like it's it, and women are afraid of rejection so i don't think a woman's gonna make such an investment to buy 
let's say a £1,000 or $1,000 ring and then have a man turn her down, which the man is most likely not going to do. Men don't tend to reject women. But if it if he did, I don't think women are very comfortable with that. It puts them in a vulnerable position. And secondly, I think women instinctively look for a provider. And so the idea of a woman reversing the gender role doesn't sit right with her. It's almost like, well, if I'm providing for him, what is he doing for me? And I think women are very, very, very logical and very practical when they make these decisions. It's very unlikely that a millionaire woman is going to date or marry a guy who earns 20,000, 30,000. She ain't going to do that. She's going to date another millionaire or someone of her status or higher. So women are very smart. Men are very dumb when it comes to these important life-changing decisions. Maybe I've got the question wrong. I'm not sure if I've answered your question or not. No. So you did bring up a point. They, there is a different model for that. And that's where they become the sugar mamas, right? Instead of proposing, they provide financially and give them that freedom to do what they want with whatever income or buying gifts and yada, yada. I have seen maybe one or two women propose um, in my existence. And I did once have a lady, like this girl that I once met, somehow knew that I, well, at that point in time anyway, I wanted a woman to propose to me because because I wanted to break the tradition. But ultimately, we are going against the grain. Like for a woman to do that, you are going against a lot of conditioning. And it. I think it takes a lot of courage for a woman to actually like, you know what, fuck this, fuck the way people think. I'm going to be the one that proposes. So yeah, it, it, there is a lot of resistance to that. And like you said, ego, ego, like why shouldn't the, the woman do it? And again, it is a symbol of provision, as you mentioned. Yeah, no, I feel that. I I feel that. But a lot of things that Sebastian was saying about fear of rejection and you want a provider, right? But for women, like for a man's choice, you want a caretaker. And you could say a lot of the same things that he said about women's fears of proposing and transfer them right over to men. And it would be 100% the same thing. We fear rejection too. And you even said men don't generally reject women and women always typically reject men because they have so many options. Right. So it just gets you thinking a little bit like with this whole wave of feminism and gender role malleability, why isn't like, why is it that a, a woman won't cook, won't clean, do any of that? She'll take care of the kids though, whatever. And you have to go make all the money. But then when it comes to gender roles like proposing and when it comes to financial incentive like buying an expensive ass ring for no reason and getting on your knee and and proposing that we're not seeing a mass wave of these feminists or these people who don't believe in gender roles proposing mm-hmm. the men of their love right if it's not about gender roles if it's generally about love it's not about a transaction all that nonsense that you hear from them then where's this big wave of women you know, proposing I don't see it. I, I, I will i will say it they are doing it, but not, they're not doing it with men. They're doing it with other women. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, maybe that's where they're at. Maybe that's where they're yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do want to add to that. Um, I think something the Red Pill has, has told me and something I've learned a lot from Myron Gaines, I don't know if you guys listen to Fresh and Fit, but they've, they've influenced my opinions a lot and um, I've learned a lot from them. He always says a woman will never love you or a woman will only love you under the condition that you provide value. The moment you stop providing value, she no longer loves you or sees you as a viable option. So 
the idea of unconditional love does not exist. There is only love under the condition that you're tall, only love under the condition that you earn a certain amount of money, only love under the condition that you're sexually arousing and you're attractive and you're dominant and you're masculine and you've got tattoos and you're funny and you're all these things. The moment you take that away, it's almost like, well, what do I need you for? So I don't think a woman will ever truly 110% love you unconditionally. And with that being said, it's almost like, well, men, you can, you can see a difference. Men and women love differently. The way a man loves a woman is I will go to war. I will go to Iraq. I will go and fight and not see you for two years at a time so that I can protect and provide for my children and my wife. I don't have to see you every single day. I can, I can 100% be fine taking bullets and dying on a front line to protect my wife and my children. A lot of men think that way. I don't see women thinking that way. So this whole idea of that men and women love the same, we don't. I think men have an instinct to be like, you know what? I'm going to provide my all and I'm going to pr uh, propose to you um, under these circumstances. But I don't think women, their instinct is to do that. I don't think women's instinct is to, pro is to provide for a man. And so the idea of a woman proposing to a man is almost like, can this, like, if I have to propose to him, is he the right man for me? I don't know. May, is that making any sense? Or am I, I sound like I'm just rambling a little bit. It, it makes sense. I generally agree uh, with what you're saying. You're saying there's no kind of really unconditional love, or you could even rephrase it and say, like, there's no relationship without transaction, right? All this talk about transactional relationships everyone is kind of going crazy like oh you shouldn't view relationships as transactions but all all relationships are transactions mm. of some sort mm. you're tra you're either trading your time for for someone who's funny or for someone that you just like hanging around or or you're trading mm. your skills for their knowledge it's it's always a transaction of some sort you wouldn't be attracted to someone if you did not gain something from that person because that's where that attraction comes from yeah i think you brought up a good point and you know i think women you know, going to what we're, we're going to discuss shortly about, you know, the differences in men and women, I think women are subconsciously and biologically are wired for security, right? And they want to know that if the, per the person that they're with is always going to provide some sense of security, and if they don't, whatever kind of value that they might see that disappears, it's like, ah, okay, I don't see a future with this person anymore hence why, you know what, I'm going to step onto the next, like move on to the next guy. So for as long as and, th and that's the thing with a lot of men as well. It's like what women don't understand the pressure of a man to, to, to be where he is today, the value that he has to, to, to gain as a man. Um, we've got to constantly maintain this. And the moment where, you know, we're drawn off course, something might happen, like, uh, you know, a parent might, like a family, something might happen financially or through family or whatever it is. Women start to subconsciously, I know a lot of them may not be aware. Some might be aware, like, hey, you know what? I'm still going to be around. But from my experience of what I've seen, the moment they stop providing that, what it is that they benefited from the future, that's when they start to turn and like, hey, you know what? He's not doing these things for me anymore. Uh, see you later. So I think it's just a little bit of biology where, you know, they, they need security. They constantly need security, whatever it might be, be your, you know, your presence, your career, uh, your wealth whatever it is and the moment you don't provide that it's like nah sorry see you later so um 
if we can move on to the next uh, topic, um, what are your opinions on how to create a successful marriage if you were to get married or just a successful relationship? Like how, what would you do to ensure or what things would you do to reduce the risk of a relationship breaking up? And let's start with, um, let's start with Garrett and then we'll end with Daniel. Okay. Yeah, dude. It seems impossible to me uh, on the surface. Um, Cause there's two options, right? One to, to keep a marriage going is you could go the simp route. You could try just being a fucking pushover, giving her everything she wants her wishes, your command, happy wife, happy life. Right. Or you can kind of go on the other extreme and have kind of an Andrew Tate mindset where it's like, yo, I provide for you. I give you all this stuff. I make sure your life is effectively free. You're safe. You got the security, you got the finances, you got everything you need. And if that's not enough for you, we can't make it work. Like the marriage isn't going to work. And then there's obviously, those are two extremes. There's obviously a part in the middle there where it's like, maybe you got lucky and you found a woman who understands both sides of the spectrum, who understands men rights and feminist rights. And maybe you can come to a conclusion um, together and maybe do some of this compromising stuff that we all hear about for relationships and just kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, but I haven't seen that personally in my experience. I haven't seen that in relationships or in marriages in general. It's usually a power dynamic where one of them is in charge and the other one kind of just listens. And I think generally the power dynamic works better when the man is in charge, especially if he's the provider, um, because the woman obviously wants the security, wants to be able to bear children, watch them fucking grow up with them, take care of them. And so if the man is the provider, that kind of lifestyle is open to a woman. And I think that that's the happiest life a woman can have is having children and just being a mother, because that's probably the highest value that they can provide to the world. Um, and so, you know, as a man, you, you can provide that value too, giving life to the woman. But then that's, that's not, you're not a high value man because you have kids, right? You're a high value man if you have kids and you can provide for them. If you can keep them safe, if you can roof over their head, if you can give them food and water you know, on a consistent basis. So that's kind of the two extremes that I see. And so you kind of have to pick one, or maybe you're this anomaly of the 30% of marriages that don't get divorced. Maybe you guys have some sort of communication skills that are unbeknownst to the rest of the population, where you can come to these general conclusions and work something out. But like I said, I haven't been able to see that uh, in my life, in my experience. You brought up some very good points and I, I do agree with a lot of the things that you said and, you know, communication, like I said, is the key to this, you know, just lay it all out on the table with this person. Don't waste any more fucking time hoping that this person is going to change, you know, or how you expect it to be five, 10 years down the line, just lay it out right in front of you and say, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I want. And this is what I desire. And if you can't, if we can't provide those things together, then you know what, this model is not going to work. And better off, we just move on and, and you know, fucking carry on with our lives. Now, I personally dated a lot of traditional women simply because of they had traditional parents. And I've had some that were very feminist, extremely, you know, like, oh, I can do whatever I want. I don't need men, no man, blah, blah, blah. From my own experience, I've had, or well, I am currently dating someone who sees both sides of the spectrum. And it does agitate me when I see her, don't get me wrong, working a lot because it puts me out of my frame. As you know, when it, two people in the masculine frame, it polarizes and it just creates a lot of reflections, right? But at the end of the day, she knows what I want as a man. And, you know, I don't want marriage or anything like that, but I want to be that provider. And like you said, you know, the highest value that 
she can provide for me is that security of knowing that my kids are going to be okay while I'm out in the world doing my thing, you know, so we can build a family together. And you know what? It is so fucking rare, especially today, you know, the rise of the feminism, you know, like I can do this, I can do that. Well, fuck, you know what? Like, go do it. I, I'd like to see you survive out in, like, don't get me wrong. I'd like you to see survive out in the jungle by yourself because you're so independent. At the end of the day, we are different, but we do need each other. There, there's There's got to be a some sort of balance in that, you know? It is an act of working together. And of course, like you said, one person's going to be in charge. One person's going to be doing, like, looking after the household. And we've just got to communicate that very clearly. Yeah, if I could, if I could jump in again, you did say something kind of interesting where um, your current girlfriend kind of works a little bit and that throws you off a bit of your power dynamic. Yeah. Do you ever find that that though relieves a little bit of pressure off of you from making the only income in the relationship? And, and as well, if she has her own job and gets her own income, does she yeah. ever for meals or split the bill or anything like that? Or what does she yeah, do? With she's, that? Yeah, she's a very, very equal person. Like everything, like she'll split it down the line whenever we get out. And she's very, very supportive uh, financially, making sure that I'm on top of my shit, she's on top of her shit. I think um, for me, it's just when she gets into that zone of constantly on the go, like anyone, when you, once you're in that productive state, you just want to keep going. Now I've seen sometimes where she's had like a week off of work or she's like, you know, she's in a very different energy. She's a lot more feminine. She's a lot more soft, but she's a lot more playful. She's a lot more relax and that can help me to relax a little bit because we're not constantly thinking about work all the time planning this and that but the only reason she does it right now is just for other other things like uh these long story short but visa stuff so she's doing this just to pay off some things for herself which is amazing and yeah you're right like it does take that pressure off where i have to work extra more so we can both go out and have a good time so it's good like i think ultimately ideally for me anyway, is to have is for people to be able to financially support themselves. And then if they want to share resources, that's amazing. And, you know, of course, as a man, we want to be able to provide more uh, because that's just in our nature. No, that, that, that's, that's real. That's really interesting. Cause as well, the internet's opened up an opportunity for anyone to make an income. No longer are jobs mm. physically demanding and you kind of have to be masculine and strong to produce an income anyone can make an income so i think that's very interesting if you were to eradicate all dynamic out of a relationship and just kind of mm -hmm. go about it with you know you make your money i make my money we split our stuff we pay for each other we kind of take care of each other that might be a generally healthy dynamic where it's like we're in this together we're working together we're doing it together you take care of the kid i take care of the kid i provide for the kid you provide for the kid mm -hmm. i think that mm -hmm. that's Really, really interesting. And um, do you guys know who Alex and Layla Hermosi are? No. Nah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're like American salespeople, and um, they're both just sales expert, and they both do online income, and they've made like an empire together, where it's like it's not just the 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 husband that is kind of running the empire, the wife and the husband are both running the empire, and and I think that's generally beautiful. I think something like that would be a great setup. And I think that could definitely take a little bit of pressure off the man. So he doesn't have to kind of, you know, hammer the anvil all day long and he can have some time yeah. to get out of the working headspace and just kind of yeah. relax. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, you know, uh, say my take on, on what I think makes a, um, a successful relationship and or marriage. But before I do so, can I quickly ask you guys, how do you think relationships have changed from, I don't know, the 1900s during World War II where people were married for 50 plus years and 2022 where people are married for three or four years. 
What what's changed? <laughs> the internet. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, that's, yeah a, that's a loaded question. That is loaded yeah. as fuck. You can mm. go first. Yeah, sweet, sweet. Yeah, so um, yeah, like I mentioned, the internet. I think it's just created so many more options for people, and you know, and created this idea where people are fucking disposable, and you know, we we the way we communicated was a lot different you know you would have to go out to this person you would have to you wouldn't communicate via phone or text message and email or whatever you know we would have to make the we would have to take more action and actually go to this person take him out blah blah, blah you know meet up here and there but now you know you can just call anyone at the at the fucking click of your finger and um you know if you're not very happy with them you can just turn to the next person um i think also just yeah the communication would be a lot different you would have to make a lot more effort um i think just yeah yeah no i 100 agree and not only the communication and the options but then you also consider he said 1900 so you consider like the world wars and the wars that we had in the last hundred some years and it not only were there way less options but the options that you had in your small towns were going away to war yeah. and, and to fight and so you had to pick one and you had to lock him up and make sure that he was yours and that he's not going away and, and he's coming back and he provides for the kid, right? He sends back a check every two weeks or something for the, for the wife and the kids. And so not only are there incredible more op, incredibly more options and people are disposable, like you said now, but nobody's going anywhere. It's like, we're all here. I can message some girl that's across the world right now and make like schedule a day to meet up with her and, Nothing is standing in my way from having my pick and choose from every single person in the world. Literally nothing is stopping me. And that is not how it was in the 1900s, right? Mm. So I've got my take on why I think, well, what I'm going to answer two questions. Um, why I think the world has changed and how it's changed uh, from the 1900s to 2022. And also what I think makes a, um, what could make a good relationship. So firstly, I think the mindset has changed um, from, let's say, 1920 to 2022. And the mindset has changed from both men and women as a result of a few things. There are many things. So it is a loaded question. But number one, mm. feminism. Number mm, two, yeah. uh, lack of attention. People don't have, the, people don't have mm. the attention to actually want to have a constructive conversation. So how do you get to know a quality person? who matches who you are and can provide for you if you're not willing to get to know them. And uh, we have social media. So you've got your TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram. So automatically your options, you're spoilt for choice, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it might be. Yeah. And uh, have you ever like seen products on the market? Like let's say you've got an energy drink. You might have five different flavors. If there were 300 flavors, it would be difficult to choose. So sometimes mm. having too many options can be a bad thing. It's, and you see this in sales. Mm. So that's one thing, uh, lack of attention. Um, modesty. A lot of people are not modest, um, you know, and uh, over-sexualization. So when you have over-sexualization, you're experiencing a lot of trauma. You're experiencing a skewed um, perspective of what it means to be a man and, and who women are. And so when you have over-sexualization, it's almost like your mindset has changed. Well, from a guy's perspective, 
why am I going to get into relationships when I can pay someone to have sex or I can get sex on Tinder? I can, I can, I can do this. Why am I going to deal with a marriage when I can get sex? If I um, go on this website and text this person and you've got hookup culture. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing that I can think of quickly is gender roles. So what my nan, my nan growing up in the uh, uh, 1900s, um, it was very traditional. So my nan um, is from Jamaica and she would come home, she would cook, she would clean, she would also go to work. And, uh, you know, my granddad would also go to work and he had his own businesses and he would provide as a, as a masculine man, as the head of the household. And those are a few ways in which we have deviated from 1920 to 2022. I'm not saying that life was great back in 1920. I'm not saying that, you know, um, but I, I'm just I'm just trying to understand how things have changed so much. And uh, the second part that I want to answer, what I think makes a great relationship or not necessarily a great relationship, but a successful relationship. Personally, I think that our understanding of relationships is, is quite skewed. Um, what is sold to us is happiness. Like we're always searching for happiness all the time. Like, Buy this energy drink, it's going to make you happy. Buy this car, it's going to make you happy. Buy this fancy uh, jacket and it's going to make you happy. No, it won't. It might fill you with temporary satisfaction, but it will not make, nothing can do that. Mm. This idea of constant happiness is something that is sold to us to make us buy things. Most people are consumers. We're here to spend our money. So when you sell this dream, of happiness uh, for relationships it's it's like we're treating people like products now and so when they stop satisfying us when a woman disappoints us so when a man disappoints us it's almost like well i'm not happy anymore next move on i'm going to end this relationship relationships and marriage is not about happiness i think that's a, a, the biggest lie that hurts so many people what i've understood through looking at my nan's relationship and my nan's marriage and again, maybe I'm wrong. This is just my opinion. I could be wrong. My nan never had the best marriage. Um, my nan came from a very rural part in Jamaica where it was very poor, um, very religious as well. Not a lot of food. This is, this is before World War II, uh, my nan grew up. So my nan died recently. She was 96 or something like that. But what I learned from my nan is she was married for over 50 years and some of those years she was incredibly unhappy incredibly unhappy but she stayed why because of duty and responsibility she had a duty to her husband as his wife and she had a duty and responsibility to her children as their mother so even in hard times you got to stick it out for the children even in hard times when there's not a lot of money and there's not a lot of food um you have responsibility to stay together because you're stronger together than apart. But most people don't have this mindset. Most people are comfortable and don't, don't want to deal with hardships. And so it's easier to leave than to actually stick it through. Now, I'm not saying that you should ever stay in an abusive relationship or you should uh, be controlled or you should be disrespected in a relationship. But just because things are hard doesn't mean you have to leave. And that's where I think we fall down today is a lot of people are soft. As, as you said, mm. Garrett, like uh, and uh, and and Daniel, you know, this idea like 
and with the gender roles as well, what does it even mean to be a man in 2022? Like, <laughs> what does it even like? What do, what does a man actually do? Who knows at this point? Um, but there are that's just my take on uh my nan's and uh, seeing my nan's uh, relationship. But there are a few things I want to say. Um, with social media and with um tinder and instagram and just people in general men are always competing against other men even if you have a wife even if you have a girlfriend you're always competing with the man next to you there is always someone better than you there is always someone taller than you someone stronger someone more attractive someone with a bigger dick someone who's funnier it doesn't matter so your your wife or your girlfriend might go to work right and she might have a a boss and that boss is better than you in every way. As a man, you're always competing with other men. So you have to continue to improve. Arousal is an important part of attraction. And an intra- attraction is an important part of a relationship. That's why you guys got together. So it's easier if a man continues to improve. Um, so what this means is at some point, you've got to earn more money. You got to continue to improve. You got to go to the gym. You got to become more fashionable. You got to smell nice. You got to look after yourself. The moment you start to slack, mm-hmm. you're leaving cracks in the relationship already, because the attraction is is potentially potentially breaking apart. And uh, lastly, I think um, I think uh, what's happening here? Your session has expired. Can you see this? Can you see a notification? No, I can't. It looks good to me. No. Yeah, same. Okay, I got a little notification um, saying your session is about to expire. I have no idea what that's going on. How long have we been talking for? Yeah, it's about to be 40 minutes, I think. So you shouldn't be getting that if you got the the Zoom Plus or whatever it is. I did. I did buy the Zoom Plus, but I don't know why it's saying this. Unless unless we were to do... I don't know. I can't see any timer. Okay, we might be okay then. Usually it'll say your session's about to expire and it gives you like a 10 minute timer and it's counting down and then it'll cancel out and like shut off the call. But if there's no timer, you might be okay. I can't see any off. timer, but I did get a little message popping up. <laughs> um, you know what? If, if, it, if it ends, it ends and we'll have to just continue with it. Um, but I don't have too much long left. Um, right, just to finish what I was going to say. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, another point I wanted to add is it's it's good if, if a man's in a leadership position in a relationship because I think it's what women want. I think women want a guy who can be assertive, dominant, take control, provide. Um, not all women, of course. We can't use the all card because, you know, people mm. get offended. But for, for the mo- <laughs> most cases, I, I don't feel, uh, you know, it's a shame that I have to say all. But some people get offended when you say that. But yeah, that, that's just my take. Um, if, I could, if I could add one thing real quick, just because I think it's important and it might help younger people, especially my age, is um, communication is key, right, in a relationship. But over communication can be detrimental. And that's one of the reasons that a lot of people get bored in relationships is because I correlate a man's happily or sorry, I correlate a man's happiness directly to progress right when we when we progress in our life it makes us happy or if you don't want to use the word happy you can say generally satisfied 
we're satisfied mm. with progress, right? So when you're in a relationship and you're constantly progressing, this feels good. But then when you're texting 24 hours a day and Snapchatting and Instagramming and FaceTiming, whatever, when you're talking to them 24 hours a day, it's very easy to get bored with that person, especially when you have all these options on the table. Like, you know, you're talking to your girl all day. She's saying the same shit that she always does. And then you open up TikTok and you see some girl that might be a little bit hotter than your girl. And all of a sudden a thought sparks in your head. You're like, why the fuck am I listening to this bitch when I could go chill with this other girl and she won't be talking to me 24 seven. So I just found that to be detrimental in some of my relationships, just talking 24 seven over communicating because how, like if you watch the same movie every single night for the rest of your life, how miserable would you be? Right. Like you have to kind of think there's only so much depth to a person, even though we're all deep, we're all unique snowflakes. Right. But we're all also very fucking simple at the end of the day. So giving me all your opinions and everything you think and just texting me 24 seven just makes me bored of you. It's just how it's going to be. It's just something that's on repeat over and over and over again. And so communication is key, but communicate with key factors and key points in mind. Don't just over communicate all day because you think you love this person or you really like them and you want to text them all day. Cause that's something that can be heavily, heavily detrimental. At least I've found in my past relationships. Yeah. You brought up some good points. And I, I, I completely agree with you and it just leaves nothing to talk about at the end of the day, give some space for where you can catch up and, you know, create the space and have that depth that you want. You know, you don't always have to be texting them so they feel wanted, you know, you're not going to lose them because you're giving yourself time to do what you want in that present moment, you know, go out there and like, you know, focus on your purpose, focus on being productive, focus on building your wealth and your business and your resources. Um, it doesn't make you less validating or it doesn't make you less of a man because you're not so responsive, you know? And at the end of the day, if you've got something to talk about, then that's amazing. Otherwise, like you said, man, a good point. Like it'd be like watching the same movie over and over again. And it just gets fucking boring. Boring. Yeah. It's boring as fuck. <laughs> that, 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 that it's actually interesting. I don't mean to be sexist or anything, right? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to be sexist, but maybe women struggle with over communication because like, men go out to work right and they go out to kind of build up become higher status work on your business whatever but then like a lot of the girls nowadays what are they really going to do especially if they don't work or maybe they're in college right but maybe they're not you know typically when you're above the age of 24 like what is a woman really doing i mean a lot of them have jobs now and stuff right but back in the old days like when they weren't really working is you know, they don't have a lot of stuff to do. And I think if you if you don't have enough stuff to do, not only is that bad for you as an individual, because you're not growing, but then it opens up the, the, the bad, you know, the toxic behavior of I'm super needy, I need to text you all day. And like, please respond or else you hate me and that kind of that kind of rabbit hole. So that's just something interesting. If you find yourself wanting to text your partner all day, I would maybe do a self audit and figure out some areas of your life that maybe you can improve on, right? Instead of just kind of leaning on someone else. <laughs> I think, um, like when if you're giving too much of your attention away, it becomes useless. So what I've learned and what I've also heard is, um, if you're always texting and if you're always calling and trying to, you know, be in constant contact with someone, if you're a relationship, for example, or if you're just dating, um, how have you got time to go to work? How have you got time to have hobbies, have a life, have a social life? cook food, eat, go to sleep, if you're always talking to this other person. So automatically, you've not got anything going on in your own life if you haven't got enough other things going on. 
like if I'm at work, I can't always be on my phone. I'm I'm talking to you gentlemen right now. I could be responding to messages on my phone. They can wait. And what automatically when you have that mindset, you're creating a, um a life for yourself and women want to be a part of that life. Does that make sense? It's almost like like if you're always accessible, if you're always on demand, um then your attention's not very valuable. Is that so it's almost like women want guys who are available but like not to the point where there's no return on investment. It's like it's almost like if you ignore a woman you're 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 more attractive because she can't because most men don't do that. Most men yeah. are constantly blowing up her phone talking and messaging and you're the one who has something going on. So it's almost like, oh, that's interesting. What? Why can't this guy, you know? And I think that's the reason why OnlyFans is going off right now. It's it's the idea of being exclusive, right? If you're exclusive, if you're not always accessible to everyone, people see the value in that and the value in how you are building your life. It's like, well, like I can be selective who I let in my circle because I know the value of my life and I don't want anyone to destroy that. I'm protecting it with my fucking life my dear life like and you know if you if you can't provide some sort of value to that if you can't add on to that then you know what i don't want it i'm just going to carry on keep doing what i'm doing i'm happy with this world that i've created and you know like you said women love that women love seeing men being busy and doing things and conquering and all that because that's that's their happiness it's not the relationship it's us building our lives um, any thoughts, Garrett, or are we okay to go to the next two topics? I think I've just got two more and then we can do a final thoughts. Um, so the yeah, next two, oh, sorry. All good, man. No, I agree with everything you're saying. One thing Andrew Tate said was that um, attention is a man's most valuable currency. That just stuck with me because a lot of young men give out their attention to any girl who kind of looks their way, which is understandable because not a lot of girls look your way, right? Especially when you're coming up because you're not high status yet. You really have nothing to add except you know, really nothing except for who you are, what you are, right? If there was if there was any kind of relationships that weren't transactional, which we already established there aren't. So you don't really have a lot to give. And I realized that was one of the main conversational issues that I had with women was I had nothing to fucking talk about because I wasn't working on myself. I wasn't high status. I really had nothing to give them. And so when you start working on yourself, the pe successful people always say, when you start working on yourself, your partner will come to you. And that's the truest thing ever because mm. you're literally leveling up, becoming higher status. And so you have more to talk about, literally have more to give to the other person, to your partner, making you more valuable. So really, mm. if you're a young man, I just want to say, if you're a young man watching this, really audit your attention because it is the most valuable currency you have. And if you're just giving it to random TikTok girls who don't even know you exist, or OnlyFans people who you literally have to pay to interact with, then you must not have a lot of value as a man because it's obvious that you have to go these other routes to even get attention from females. So just audit your attention and really focus on yourself. I mean, the whole TikTok saying, focus on yourself, Kings, really, it's true. Just seriously, just focus on yourself. Good point. Um, next uh, topic I wanted to talk about is quite simply, are men and women the same? And let's start with uh, Daniel. No, absolutely not. No, there are a lot of similarities, but no, we are from from head to toe. We're very different. And, um, you know, 
spiritually, the way that I like to look at it, right, is when you look at, at a man's, uh, what do you call it? Like the, 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 the how do you say it? Is it physiology? The man's penis and, the, and a woman's vagina. They're very different for a different reason. And there is, there's a reason why we uh, embody those things in nature. A man is designed, all right, like his penis to penetrate the world, to, cre- to erect things into the world. That's why we've got these, these uh, what do you call them? These uh, long buildings. It's a sign of a man's. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a reflection of a man's uh, conga or his 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 uh, ego. And women are designed to receive, right? That's why where they receive when they, when we're having sex, right? A woman's designed to receive, to feel, to be more fluid, to to be more sensual. Um, but uh, yeah, biologically, like we're very different. And you know, to say that a man is a woman, a woman is a man. I don't know what world you live in, and understand. There's a lot of reasons behind it, you know, come, like we could talk about this all day, but like the traumas behind it and how it's led them to, 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 to change their story or whatever it is. Um, look, no, I just don't think so. You put a man in a, uh, in the jungle, his, his first instinct, his first thing, instinct is to fucking build a house, create shelter, provide food so we can carry on. Right. Do the same thing uh, with, with, with women. Yeah. Like, they could help out, but their, their duty is to like to ensure that we carry on the, the human race, right? Like they, so they can carry the, the baby so we can continue this this uh, this uh, evolution. But um, yeah, those, those are just some of the points that uh, I think uh, help makes us different, really. Yeah, no, I agree. This is a fantastic question, but I also cannot believe it's a serious question that people ask mm. because men and women are quite literally different we are complete we're not completely different but we are quite literally physically and biologically different mm. i mean if i if i wanted to turn into a woman i would have to take hormones i'd have to take estrogen to change my body into a feminine body and here's the thing that people really don't understand is that hormones and chemicals are perception and perception equals reality right that's why when you take a psychedelic drug it completely changes your reality and everything around you completely shifts and changes because perception equals reality and hormones slash chemicals equal perception that's why a man thinks differently than a woman that's why a woman thinks differently than a man so Mm. for people to say that men and women are the same is just completely ignorant and scientifically and biologically incorrect because if i wanted to become a woman or a woman to transfer from a man to a woman i would quite literally have to take hormones to change my to change myself and that would in turn change my mindset it would change how i think about everything so to say we're the same is just ignorant it makes no sense completely mm-hmm. um i made a few notes um i think obviously no <laughs> i don't know why anyone would ask that question but i've i've heard people say you know men and women are the same and this usually i hear this from women I've actually never heard a man say that men and women are the same, but I've heard a lot of women who perhaps maybe have the feminist mindset, you know, we're equal, we're exactly the same. There's literally no difference between us besides um, our sexual reproductive organs. That's basically it. And I think that's such a crazy thing to, to, to even think. Um, Well, firstly, we're physically stronger. Um, as men, we we biologically have more muscle to fat ratio for good reason. Women need fat to surround their organs, especially during childbirth. Women have more fat surrounding the heart. It adds more insulation. And women have more fat in the hips. 
AIDS in childbirth. And so already bio biology tells you we're different. Men are able to lift things, exert more force physically, which means that we perhaps are better at sports. We're better at combat for protecting and providing. And then um, you've got the emotional aspect. Men tend to be more calm, men, uh, especially under pressure. Um, you can see this in terms of, well, if you were, well, actually there's statistics and hopefully I'll, I'll link this in the bio. Um, there, were, there was a study with male police officers and female police officers. Both male and female police officers engaged in the same amount of conflicts, but women fired that women shot more frequently than men, which was an indication that women fired their or discharged their firearm under pressure, under stress. Because a woman's instinct is, there's a man coming at me, I'm going to defend myself. But whereas men were, tend to be more calm and did not discharge their, their gun under, under, under pre uh, pressure. So those studies alone can tell you how men and women think differently. And then you have, well, Andrew Tate used the pilot analogy. So basically, if you were in a flying in the hurricane, would you, and you're about to die, and you know, the, there's a likelihood that the plane's going to crash, you're on a plane. Would you want a male pilot or a female pilot? Andrew Tate always says he'll, he'd prefer a male pilot because a male pilot is going to be more calm in that situation, in a life or death situation. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. You could make the argument that a female pilot is just as experienced as a male pilot, given that they're in, in, their, in that occupation. But I completely agree. I don't think it's sexist to say that men are better at different things and women are better at different things. Mm. For example, if you had a nursery, would you want to send your child to a nursery full of men? Because that's <laughs> weird. Yeah. Women are nurturers. Women are more caring, more kind, more soft, subtle, more emotionally intelligent. So I would want my children to go to a a nursery run by women. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable with my, my children. I don't have any kids, but if I had children, I wouldn't want them to go to an all male nursery. That's weird. Um, and socially. So as we know, through uh, the amount of traffic and the amount of accounts, women, women tend to dominate social media. This is data that we can look up. Women tend to dominate social media, such as Instagram and TikTok, and men tend to date so uh, dominate social media such as YouTube and uh, I think is Reddit. So even then you can see how women socially act. Women tend to want to, you know, have group chats and get together in groups and women are more social and men can tend to be more isolated. We're okay being away uh, by ourselves. We're okay going uh, long periods of time without meeting loved ones and family. Whereas a woman might find it very difficult to do those things. Then we've got hormonal. So women obviously have children, men can't. And so with that, you've already got a hormone imbalance of estrogen, uh, testosterone, and other chemicals like your serotonin and your dopamine and stuff like that. Um, responses go fluctuate and go up and down when a woman's having a period. Um, and then lastly, sexual. With those different hormones uh, uh, imbalances, you have different sex drives. Men's sex drive tends to be very consistent all the time, a very high level of sex drive. Very, unless the man is incredibly stressed or depressed or, or eating foods like drinking a lot of alcohol, 
his sex drive is very consistent and high. Women's goes up and down and up and down, depending on mm. whether they had a fight with their sister or, I don't know, they lost their job or they broke up with their boyfriend. It might It goes up and down for all sorts of reasons. And so these alone can tell you all the differences between men and women. So it's kind of a stupid, I know I asked the question, but it's kind of a stupid thing to even consider. Are men and women the same? Like what? Yeah, Is there anything I'm... you guys wanted to say, say to that? Yeah, I think you just brought a good point. Yeah, yeah. With the... no. Yeah, go ahead. No. <laughs> I was going to say it's interesting because I was going to make a point about how calmness is um, developed, right? It's like a skill, kind of like anything else. And I was going to make the argument that men are typically under more stressful situations in their life because of the positions and status that they put themselves into because of trailing back to a whole bunch of reasons that we could discuss. But then I actually did a quick Google search to fact check myself. And by no means is Google a a great source, but that's all we got right now. So it said that women are under more stress throughout their day-to-day -day life, but their emotions also fluctuate heavily in accordance to their stress level. So that would be a kind of an interesting argument where women may be more stressed throughout their day-to-day -day life, but that in turn makes them more emotional, leading to less logical decisions. And you could kind of argue mm. that a man is in more stressful situations where he's not as emotional, he's more logical, leading him to make more logical decisions based on best chance of survival kind of in the in the airplane in the tornado emoji or analogy not emoji but um it's a very interesting argument andrew tate's kind of principle is he's like you know nothing about both pilots you're going into a tornado are you picking a man or are you picking a woman and i would i would generally tend to agree that i would pick a man um, just because of that calmness factor. And I'm not sure my whole argument about being under more stress would, would fly, but I just think generally men are more calm in stressful situations. Um, not, maybe not more calm, but they can think more logically. Maybe they're equally as stressed, but men will think of the logical outcome for survival, whereas women might be more, more worried about something emotional, like I'm going to die, I'm going to die. That might kind of cloud their vision of how do we survive? It's kind of an interesting discussion. And I don't think that's sexist by any means saying I want a man rather than a woman. It's just, it's just life experience and what you kind of experience. So what do you think, Daniel? Yeah. no, And bringing up the point with like, you know, subconsciously women are more sensitive to certain things in changing environment. Like for example, if a cockroach comes into your, what's the, <laughs> what's the first reaction you're going to get? And typically, you know, a woman biologically by nature, they're going to be terrified because it could be like a predator or whatever it is. Right. And as a man's duty, we've been wired to be calm in any situation where there might be a lion or there might be a fucking beast that's going to, you know, attack the village or whatever it is. Going back to the point of like, are women, men and women equal? You know, like you said, again, a lot of people are confusing this feminine move, movement with like, you know, men can do what, women do and women can do what men do yeah to some degree but at the end of the day what's the reality here i mean look at the buildings that we're creating in the world yeah women can go build fucking things but at the end of the day one thing i like to think of like there's this there's videos going around where you know we, these guys are asking women you know if you had to choose between you know working in the slump working in the fucking pipes for whatever and you know you get a million a uh, million dollars a year whatever or you do absolutely jack shit you know and you earn a little bit of salary who's gonna 
generally men pick the fucking one where they'll do the dirty work they'll earn the more money because they know they're going to provide for the to, for the community for their family for whatever it is and then generally women will respond you know i don't want to do it because it's like too dirty for me or whatever it is and and it just comes down to like men wanting to they'll do whatever the fuck it takes to to make sure that we can provide you know and like you said we've got to be we've got to be calm in the situations or else nothing gets done you know Right. Actually, that's a that's a great point. I just want to add on to it a little bit. Men have been trained their whole life to feel fear and move forward anyway with the best logical step. That's how you build the business. That's how you build your body. That's how you approach women. That's how you get a relationship. That's how you get a marriage. That's how you do everything. And I'm obviously a man, so I'm 100% biased, but I would love to hear a woman's opinion on what kind of things has she had to overcome where she's been like drastically scared and fearful and she has to take logical action anyway to move her life forward. I can't think of an example off the top of my head. Maybe you boys can chime in and, and give me something there. Mm, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, like this shooting, for example, recently, um, you know, who was at the front line trying to save those children in, uh, where was it, Texas, where, you know, the mass shooting, who was on there? The first, the first people to respond were the men and, you know, the guy who was at the barber instinctively just went... Boom, like I gotta protect it. And it's just in our nature. And you just cannot, you just can't change that. It's just we're just wired to do that. We're wired to protect, we're wired to provide. And yeah, it's something that's been happening not just the last hundreds of years, but millions and millions of years since evolution of time. Like we're just designed to protect and to stay calm because if one if both people are freaking out, then that's it. Like we can't really move forward. No one's there to, to ensure that we're moving forward. So I got some, I, something funny that's kind of popped in my head is like, perhaps maybe a pregnant pilot or a pilot with kids on the plane might be a better choice than a man. Because if you're going to talk about like protection and stuff, you start thinking about the mama bear, right? Who really protects the kids and the mom probably will go to any extent to protect her kids. So you could maybe make an argument that uh, a pregnant pilot or a, a pilot, but then again, her hormones, right? It fucks it all up. She gets all emotional and shit. So I don't know. That's just, uh, that's just something funny that popped into my head. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Do you guys feel as though like um, there is an attack on masculinity and that most men are almost, it's almost like most men are incentivized to be more feminine. It's almost like the feminine way of living and the feminine way of thinking is the right way but the masculine way of thinking and doing things is almost like demonized. It's like we have this phrase toxic masculinity, but we don't have toxic femininity or uh, deceitful or deceptive femininity where women can wear makeup and completely change who they are, play the victim all the time, shame men, be deceitful, but we don't have any phrase to call it, but we have so many phrases to call men. You know, you're a fuck boy, you're a player, um, you're a dog, you're toxic, you're insecure. It's almost like men are constantly being pushed into a wall and it leads men to find the safest option, which is to be soft. And it's almost like if a man were to speak out about the things and I don't, me personally, I don't think we've said anything that's been disrespectful. I think we're just three gentlemen having an honest conversation with each other having a calm, respectful conversation where we can talk about things, politics, men, women, but even the things we're saying right now, I don't think we're saying anything horrible, but there are people who will 100% want to cancel us and hate us for it. 
Do you not think that there was an attack on attack on masculinity and attack on men in general? Like, am I crazy here? No, I think there is a hundred percent. And I can give you a primary source is I went to college for one year before dropping out. And the first year there was a mandatory seminar prior to the year beginning, all about toxic masculinity. And this was taught in a college university setting, a mandatory meeting that every single person had to attend. And I did not see any kind of equivalent for toxic femininity or makeup or anything that you just mentioned. And it's just, it's just interesting. Cause like you said, we're just having a conversation, right? We haven't dogged anyone. We haven't put anyone down, but I guarantee you someone's been offended and it's just crazy. Like, like you, you think, why are they offended? What the fuck is going on? Like it, it goes back to like the matrix and everything, right? I hate to keep bringing it up, but dude, it's like, it's just because they've been told that this is wrong for so long. They're just programmed to like, when they see that they're like, that's wrong. And I know it's wrong because I saw it on the news or I know it's wrong because I heard it in my little seminar that was mandatory at college. I know you're not supposed to be that masculine. You're just being toxic. And it's like, when you literally attach the word toxic to a word like masculine, it's just like, that is a direct attack on an entire gender. And I just don't see how that's right. I just don't see how that benefits anyone. Like I said earlier, the whole grouping thing, feminist versus masculinity, it's like we're never going to come to a general understanding if nobody's willing to have a conversation about it. Yeah, good points. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with divide and conquer and breaking down the traditional household and separating men from the women, right? So if we have women going one way and men going the other way there's never going to come to a point of unity and i think a lot of it is like you said you know these when they have discussions on toxic masculinity like what how is masculinity toxic in the first place it's what it is right it's it's doing its thing just the same as feminism and the confusion really is is where you know we give these people things like all right you've got the you're a feminist you're a she you're a her you're part of this community and blah blah so they can feel empowered to be part of this this movement when really a lot of these are just fucking distractions to get us more divided and you know ruin um the the men that we the, the men that we should be today and i think a lot of it is just to make people feel empowered you know feel like they got these rights when these are god-given rights in the first place and we don't need authorities to tell us how to to fucking live so i mean that's just what I think. I think it's just a lot of division, a lot of distractions to feel make to make people feel more empowered. And really the, the empowerment just comes from within, right? It comes from your community, your family, you know, and and uh steering away from these ideas, like who the fuck even came up with these ideas and this feminist movement in the first place. Yes, there was a point in time where men and women were not uh earning equally. Of course, like that's filthy. If you're if you're earning the same, of course you deserve the same thing, but do as much as the person next to you then uh, and if you're not if you're not happy with the environment then i think you know like don't get me wrong find another way where you can create that movement where you you find equality where you find you know you know for me it's just the environment in general and and to, to say toxic masculinity uh, i think it's just completely wrong i mean yeah i think there is an agenda to uh, attack mm. men and i think for good reason um and I don't want to get too political and too, like, racial here. But uh, if you look at black people, for example, black people in most Western 
societies and uh, countries, for example, uh, the UK, Canada, um, America, black families are kind of uh, destroyed. And but one thing that is very prevalent uh, with black people uh, compared to perhaps uh, other races is that um, we live we live in a very matriarchal society whereby women tend to lead the household because you know 30 40 50 years ago a lot of black men went to prison and so what that what that left was a lot of women having to raise children uh, by themselves and in turn the women became more masculine when they had to fulfill the the father's role in that family and when you have this you lead to more feminine men and more masculine women when you have more feminine men they tend to neglect their responsibilities of being leaders uh, being providers being ambitious being strong mm. and being able to be emotionally strong i think a lot of men are very emotional and are not living up to their responsibilities as a man and it's a shame now this isn't to pressure people you can 100% love a sport or love to play video games or do whatever you do. I'm not telling men what they should and shouldn't do. I'm just saying, look, we can observe that we can observe things. In my opinion, um, the world has emasculated men and made men more feminine and it has masculine. Uh, well, I don't know if that the opposite word, but women are more masculine. I see this like, women 100% feel the confidence to go up to a man and say fuck you f this like like swearing and shouting and getting drunk and acting like a man which is so unattractive and you see men being so feminine and cowering and not having a voice it's almost like the roles have reversed when you have these roles reversed it is breaking down families and um something i heard i can't remember where i heard it from but you know men are designed to build and conquer and and challenge and uh, create things and so it's almost as though there is nothing more powerful and there is nothing more dangerous than a group of men coming together with one idea and one goal and planning to execute that goal and so how do you avoid this break men apart stop men from coming together with the same thoughts emasculate them fem feminize them mm -hmm. And then as a result, you have no competition. You have no threat. If you've stopped men coming together with a goal and a purpose, you've basically won. And the government, uh, this is just my, this is conspiracy time here. This is my, my conspiracy thoughts. I think there is a conspiracy to um, make men not a threat because we live in an age where we have social media we have so much potential to change the world with apps and mm. technology and and uh, phones and cameras and all this stuff. We have the tools, but we don't have the mindset. So does that make any sense? I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah, totally, totally. totally. I think there is an agenda and we're seeing it happen like uh, before our eyes and we're starting to really normalize, you know, men being feminine. And, oh, it's okay to talk about your feelings. It's okay to... Uh, you know, sit in your emotion and yada yada. Okay, I'm with that. I'm for that. I'm not saying men shouldn't cry 100%. Like, I fucking have a weep now and then, you know, but the more we sit into that frame, 
there's nothing going to get done. And when nothing gets done, it forces women to step into that role to be masculine. And guys can just sit back and be like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. You know what? She's doing it. I don't have to do jack shit. And yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you guys are saying. This is a little bit of conspiracy time, but I do generally agree that the governments in all aspects, not just America, but um, where you guys are from too, governments love control. And the easier mm -hmm. time they have controlling people, the easier it is, the easier their life is. And the more feminine mm -hmm. people are, the easier they are to control, unfortunately, because nobody's going to rise up and kind of question the man like, this whole feminist movement, nobody really questions anything. They just kind of take it as what is said. And logically, it obviously doesn't make sense. Like, are men and women, women men and women the same? Like, you ask somebody that from 50 years ago, they'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course, they're not the same. But now, like all this indoctrination and all the news and all the seminars that you have to go to that are mandatory in college, now people are just accepting it as commonplace, especially when you're just growing up. Like we're seeing the aftermath of literal kids having this mindset implanted in their head from the get-go. So now they're just 100% more feminine from the start. And that's one of the main reasons that testosterone is declining at such a rapid rate. And I haven't seen one single headline about that. Nobody gives a shit that testosterone is declining, but testosterone is the biggest single-handed, most important influential, influential driving force in terms of a hormone for men. It, what, it's what gets everything done. That's why sex is such a, such a meaningful temptation, right? That's why it's so hard to resist is because your testosterone is literally screaming at you, telling you to get it done. It's like, so that's, I think that's why they're kind of doing it is just for more control. I don't think they want like a nation full of girls or whatever, or a nation full of women, or th they don't want that. They don't want all that. They just want people to be easier to control. And on top of that, when you throw in, like, they just want to get the votes, right? They just want to get the votes from the women and, and the liberals and the lefters. They just want the votes. So the more, um, the more it's accepted, the more they push it you know, the more it's accepted into a spiral and then the more votes they get. And it's just kind of going into a downward rabbit hole. Um, and I don't think that's generally that crazy to say. People are like, oh, conspiracy, like put your tinfoil hat on. I'm like, does it not make sense that a government would want an easier time controlling people? Like that makes perfect sense to someone like me. So I just don't understand where people get this whole 100% your right wing, like conspiracy theorist, crazy man. It's like, okay, you're left-wing liberal conspiracy theorist craziness, so I don't know. Just got to meet somewhere in the middle. Okay, so, um, no, I 100% agree, and this is something I could probably talk about for a very long time, but uh, we're approaching yeah. the last topic now, um, so thanks for being patient. Um, so, the last topic is basically exploring the male and female dating strategies and how they differ. So, like, how do women date and what are their objectives? What do they look for? How do they act? How do men date? What do men want? What are our objectives and how do we act? And how does that oppose the strategies of a woman, basically? Um, let's start with uh, Daniel and then move to Garrett, if that's okay. Sweet. Um, look, I, for, I'm going to speak from my own experience and from what I've seen. Uh, Personally, I date to, to of course, appropriate. And, of course, the, the person that I want to, uh, dating, I want to know that they can look after my children. Ultimately, they can look after my children. They can protect my children uh, when I'm at home. And, of course, as men, we are very superficial. We do date by beauty. And, of course, like, you know, we like we are programmed, we're wired to, to procreate with the most 
beautiful women around and that's probably why by nature we're not monogamous but um going ahead with dating i think you know i think you've got a very you've got to look out for um you know what are they doing for themselves how are they looking after themselves and um yeah i mean at the end of the day you want someone who's working on who's been able to heal the things that they've carried from their past experiences as well the the exes the men that they dated and also just looking at their mice and what their vision is you know does it does it align with yours um don't get so caught up in the sex don't get so caught up with how they look yeah that's a beautiful thing but you know ultimately what are, you've always got to ask yourself what are they bringing to the fucking table know what you're bringing to the table understand all the values understand your own values know what it is where you're going and constantly ask no matter what even with my girlfriend i'm always asking myself what is she bringing to the table because she could just any day just throw it all away and for all i care like yes i've got to ensure that she that i can help guide her to a path and make sure that she doesn't you know move into a different direction so we can continue with that vision but at the end of the day you know ask yourself you know what are they bringing to the table so yeah no i i agree with everything that you said generally i don't think men really ask themselves what the woman brings to the table other than beauty mm. and sex um typically which is a big mistake in my eyes for a relationship the dynamic that i kind of see going on throughout the world is um the men shoot all the shots and the women get to decide who wins kind of thing so i generally think the more a man works on himself and the more valuable he makes his attention so don't maybe don't shoot a million shots every single day don't give any girl your time of day just because she has a cute smile work on yourself really really better yourself because at the end of the day the men take all the shots and the women pick all the winners so at the end of the day if you're just taking shots all day odds are you're not going to be a winner um you need to work on yourself increase your value as a person as a man make sure you can provide make sure you have some cool stories to tell make yourself interesting because if you're not interesting you're going to shoot your shot and you're going to get rejected um and at the end of the day i think women they don't really have to care about self-improvement they to an extent right if you look like shit i mean of course nobody's going to want to date you but if you're generally attractive um you basically just get all the pickings like i'm not exactly sure how a woman's reality is but they get approached all the time, it seems, at least from what they're telling me, they get like a million DMs all the time, right? So they kind of just go in and they just pick and choose. And the way they choose is based on how high status the man is. What does his body look like? How much money does, it make? does he make? How many followers does he have? Kind of all these superficial things that they like to claim that they don't really care about. But at the end of the day, that is basically all they care about. That's all they pick from because Right. If you have someone who's successful, successful with a million followers, who's in shape compared to Joe Schmo, who lives with his mom, who has a fucking dad bod and maybe he's a little bit more emotionally available, but you're obviously going to pick option A, the higher status man. And men don't really get to pick. They get to take the shots. Right. But the women pick the winners. So it's just about making sure that you're a winner as a man and not giving out, not devaluing your attention by giving it to any random girl who kind of looks your way that's my general take um yeah 100 agree um i've got a lot of things on my list that you actually got so we're quite we think quite similar um 100 men are visual um I, I would argue for most men a woman being physically attractive is one of the most important things um that she could possibly do um 
and I think it we can make the argument men want qu- uh, quantity, not quality. I think women want quality. I think women look for a guy um, who fulfills all her needs. He's tall. He's attractive, arousing. He has a lot of money. Um, he's dominant. He's assertive. He's a good father. Women look for a bunch of lists, whereas men tend to be a bit more simple. Um, but mm. the things that men want hold a lot of weight. So, for example, a man wants a woman who's attractive, number one. Number two, she's not a hoe. So she's not set, you know, her body isn't on show to the rest of the world. Uh, that's number two. So um, that's modesty. And number three, you know, she's a, a good mother. Um, she's supportive. Um, she's a good team player. And, uh, I th- and, and is not a headache. I think men have a very small list, whereas me- women have a very long list. And for good reason, because a woman has to select a, a guy who is going to be a, a good long-term investment because the women are pregnant for nine months at a time. And so it's very important for a woman to select a very quality man. So I'm not saying that women are bad for having these lists and these, um, these requirements. I think it's a, necess- a, a, a necessary um, thing to do. But men, it's almost like, And the world doesn't tend to admit this, but men, we date adversely to women. Men men want quality, uh, quantity, women want quality. Men have a very short list, women have a very long list. Um, As men get older, the things that make us attractive requires time. So as we get older, we have more money, we have more experience. Um, We're probably better sexually. Uh, we're more mature, we can settle down, we're better at flirting, we're better at spitting game. Um, all of these things, and we probably go to the gym, we've got a nice body. All of these things requires time, pain, experience, and age. Whereas as women get older, we're not really looking for those things in the woman. Like as a woman, I don't necessarily care if she's better at flirting or she's got a buff body I I mean it might be nice that she's more mature and she's settled down but that's not gonna turn me on sexually like if I see a woman who's older it's almost like well her ability to have a big family is limited like let's say she's 35 years old I can't have a big family with her Um, she's probably gonna have wrinkles she's probably gonna maybe already have one or two children by that age so Men tend to look for youth and beauty, whereas women mm. tend to look for uh, a man who's experienced, stable, attractive, and mature. And so you can see how we kind of oppose each other in a way. Um, what else have I put down? I've put down men tend to bunch women into two groups. So you're either a relationship material or you're just like a one night stand. Like, yeah. And this is the thing that women don't always understand. Like men in their head know, okay, this is a woman I'm going to take seriously. This is a woman I can see a long-term future with. She, I'm going to marry her or I'm going to be in a relationship with her. And there's this other woman who's like, I like her, but there's this something that is not right. I'm not going to commit to this woman. And once you're in that group, you're never coming out of this group. Or, or it's very difficult to get out of this group. So let's say, for example... There's this, there's this girl. She's really, really attractive, great personality. She's really, really nice. And you see her as being a long-term partner. And then you find out that she's got an OnlyFans account or she's done porn. 
and you can see all these videos of her having sex with loads of different men, automatically she goes into the sex only category. Like you're not going to marry her. Or you find out that she's had sex with your best friend, but you, you guys didn't know you knew each other. Automatically she goes into that category. So there are very like men bunch women into two groups most of the time. And uh, that's, well, I think women do the same thing, but they bunch men into different groups. So what women do is there's the guy I'm going to have sex with in this group. There's the guy I'm going to use as a stepdad in this group. There's the guy I'm going to use for money and to take me out on dates in this group. There's the guy I don't really like, but I like his attention in this group. And then there's the guy in the friend zone who you're always going to be in the friend zone. I don't really like you. So women already have different groups for men, but men do the same thing uh, for women. And also a difference between men and women is that we men tend to lie to get what we want. Or I would say men tell, tend to sell a dream and sell a lifestyle by having nice clothes, a nice car, nice watch, nice lifestyle to attract women. Um, whereas women tend to use makeup to attract men. So, and a lot of women will say, well, they don't wear makeup for men, but I think that's, I don't think that's true. I think women understand that makeup makes them more attractive and so they they put a lot of pride into how they look on social media on at work and and the pictures they take and um yeah i think to, just to, to finalize i think um to be a man to be attractive it requires a lot of pain suffering and hard work you cannot be attractive just by accident you may be born with good looks right? You may be six foot two, but you'll be socially awkward as fuck and you can't talk to women. You'll put them off or you might smell or you might be fat and ugly. As a man, to be attractive, you must work hard. There is no other solution. It requires hard work, but I don't think the same is for, true for women. I think that women do not need to go to the gym, do not need to improve and have a, an amazing personality and be tall and good looking and have a good job i think um a woman who's just simply attractive will have far more options than a man who has spent 20 years of his life um becoming uh, attractive and so men have to understand women to become something to be to actually have options women do not necessarily have to understand men and uh, that's the that's the issue that we have. But um, that's just my opinions. And not all of it's bad, you know, but I just think those are the, the ways in which men date differently to women. Uh, have any of you guys got any uh, feedback on that or? Yeah, no, something interesting that you said is um, how you kind of need all these things to be an attractive man, right? If, if you're spawned attractive, then maybe you'll be the one night stand guy, but you won't be the, the husband guy. Um, or maybe if you're attractive and you have a nice job, you might be a consideration. But if you don't have all those other things, it's unlikely that you're going to be husband material. And I think um, I think it's generally completely different because something that just kind of popped into my head is like women kind of know who likes them. Right. And Because men have to shoot the shot. So they women kind of know who likes them. Men don't know who likes them. We have to shoot our shot blind. We have to kind of maybe spark some things that might pique their interest like being funny or being Jack, being handsome, showing off our money with our cars and things like that. And we can try to get them to like us. 
but women know what guys like them because we have to shoot the shot. And so they end up just being the kind of picker, like I said, of the winner. And we're kind of just the players. We have to continue to play the game every single day. If we don't play, we'll be lonely, depressed, and probably end up committing suicide. I mean, that happens to a lot of men, right? Two thirds of the suicide population is men, which is unfortunate. And it makes you wonder like, what's going on? It's just the whole dynamic is messed up is like men have to shoot all the shots and women get to decide. So that's just one big key difference that like you have to take into consideration when thinking of dating as a man versus a woman is women get to pick and men kind of have to continue playing the game the whole time, even if we lose. So. Um, yeah, I think especially with social media, you've got Instagram. Uh, as I said before, there is always a man better than you, always. And so you're in constant competition with other men. And when you have a woman who is potentially on TikTok, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Tinder, she's automatically got a, a selection of, of men to choose from. And so because of social media and because of the internet, you're, you have to work harder. And this is something that may, very few people realize that dating has completely changed in 2022 than what it used to be. But yeah, that's that. But those are all the topics that I thought we'd cover today um, and get you, your, your guys' uh, perspectives and opinions. Um, unless anyone else has something to say, um, I thought I would just like really um, thank you guys because I've learned a lot from today. I think it's been really entertaining and really inf uh, informative. I know, um, Daniel, you're in Australia, so it's quite early there. And Garrett, the sun's going down. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um, it's nearly 1am for me but uh, thank you guys for, for coming on and uh, if you guys want to you know like shout out your uh, YouTube um, Instagram or whatever um, I'll, I'll put those in the description and um, yeah thank you very much for coming on and I um, hope you have a the lovely rest of your day yeah man you too thanks so much for having me like I said at the start the first step to progression is always just having a conversation. So I'm glad we sat down today, had this little conversation. I, I liked a lot of the things you guys said too. It's, it's just about progression, getting a little bit better every single day, trying to understand each other. And um, so I'm just glad we got this opportunity. And I'm glad everyone has the opportunity to have a platform and speak their mind because that's the one way to have these non-biased opinions where it's not just what you're hearing from the news or from your college mandatory seminars we actually all get to put our input in so i think that's really really important and so thank you guys thank you sebastian for having me on it was a pleasure and um yeah if you want to find my socials everything is just at garrett wolf except for instagram it's at underscore garrett wolf but if you put in garrett wolf you'll probably see my face um pop up so that's where i am on all socials thank you so much for having me it was a blast yeah, so no, thanks, Sebastian, for making this happen, man. It's been an absolute pleasure and, and very insightful to learn more, especially with two uh, fellas who share this uh, this view, this perspective, and this path where, you know, we want to not just revolutionise, but, you know, clean up a few things in the world that can cause a lot of confusion, um, particularly today. So, yeah, man, so stoked that we did this. I'm looking forward to another conversation like this. I think there were a lot of things that we could have also gone into that we could have spoken for hours on about um you know especially maybe on the conspiracy side and a lot of the red pool stuff a lot of different discussions uh, but um yeah it's absolutely honor to share this space with you guys and talk more on uh 
healthy masculinity. So uh, you can find all my plugs on Instagram, Daniel John Allen. Um, a lot of my socials like TikTok, uh, Snapchat, uh, and my website is on there. So if you need any help with any more guidance, um, she can find me on there. So uh, thank you so much, fellas. It was an absolute fucking honor. Right, dude. I love that. I love that <laughs> healthy masculinity. That is. <laughs> I love that. Right, guys, we'll have a great day. Um, I'm going to head out soon because it's quite late. And uh, yeah, um, I look forward to seeing more of your content and supporting you all through the way. Thank you. See you later then. Awesome. Bye, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.